I'm Annabelle. I'm Felicity. And this is Pour Me a Glass. And welcome to our very first official episode. Woo! So exciting. <laughs> this week, we're starting off with a very good, well, it's an important topic to both of us. We are going to dive into all things cultural identity and our personal experiences, um, kind of mixing the East and the West, being Chinese and Taiwanese, but also American and Canadian. Yeah, a lot of, a handful of different things, (laughs) but every topic that we do touch on throughout the whole episode is first, we talk about assimilation, American dream, and what it means to be first-gen immigrants, um, what does citizenship mean in the U.S., and how that is to us for both of us who went to school in the U.S. And lastly, we do talk about traditional families and what kind of what that looks like and how we want our families <laughs> TBD to look like <laughs> in the future and kind of our take from our kind of background. So we're so excited for you to yeah. hear our conversation. Hopefully you it's, like it. <laughs> it's a handful. We This is very unfiltered, I would say. But you know, let's get into it. I just got got out of quarantine a few days ago, thank God. Um, I had to be stuck in a hotel for like 14 days. And last time I was with my my dog, Miyoku, so it was like totally fine. And disclaimer, if anyone hears background noise of barking or my brother is because we're all quarantined at home, so... (laughs) gonna have to deal with that i mean you hated it it was so i mean it was pretty bad yeah it was pretty bad like that tiny little room yeah but it's okay this podcast was essentially born yeah literally in that room um i for anyone who like knows me i love i'm a big fan of love island like anybody you know this like i do know this so i like watched the last season i had so now I'm onto Bachelor. I started oh like Oh my days ago. god. <laughs> Did I tell you that? No. Oh my god. It's... I like tried so hard not to, but now I was like, I'm so Is bored. this like the new season? No, I like watched like an old one. Pretty good. It's just like so weird. Like, it's just, some people are so crazy. <laughs> this is so funny. I feel like I've only watched stuff like that when I'm with you. Oh, for it's like sure. more fun when you watch with your friends. So it you is. can like talk about it. But yeah, that's basically all that's going on in my life. I mean, it's like a really good pastime. You don't want to think about anything. But we do need to think about some stuff in this one. Oh yes. Yeah. Do we want to dive into We should dive into this it. episode. And... Yes. Um to start off, I think we should like, we briefly mentioned in our introduction, like, where we were from and kind of our background, but I think for this episode specifically, we should talk more about that. So, Annabelle, like, when did you first move to the U.S.? Like, tell us more about that. Well, I moved to Canada first. This is this is interesting because we, we were talking about this when we were, you know, making the intro, and we were like, oh, like, you know, we gotta say where we go to school, like, where we're working... And, like, where we're from. And I think, like, a lot of immigrant children, I really, well, not, I wouldn't say struggle, but, like, sometimes when people say, like, where are you from? I know everybody talks about this, but it is, it's confusing. I was born in Shanghai, China, 
and I lived there until I want to say I was 10 years old. And then we immigrated to Prince Edward Island, Canada. I don't even know if Feli knows this about me, but yeah, it's like the tiny little island. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, but because of like the immigration program my parents chose, we lived there for a year. And then after that one year was up, I moved to Vancouver, which I guess I consider home now. And then I went to US for college. So I guess it's like, you know, a little little round trip all over the place. But yeah, no, that is a world tour you took <laughs> from Asia all the way to the US or North America. But like similar story, but I was actually born in the Bay Area when my parents were there for like a few years for grad school. Um, and then they moved to Hawaii for a year, which I Ooh. love like going back. And I still consider that kind of like my second home just because we have so many memories there. And it's always so nice to like visit back. Um, and then I moved back to Taiwan. So I was basically born and raised here. I don't consider the U.S. like where I was from. I'm definitely from Taiwan, my whole family and everyone is here. Um, and then for college, I moved to Atlanta for a few years, so four years. And I'll probably be in the U.S. for the foreseeable future. Who knows? Um, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows? But it is kind of interesting. You don't need to decide. No, I really don't. And over the past <laughs> years, kind of like reconsidering everything that I was taught. <laughs> You know, like, we're always taught that, like, the U.S. was that place with, like, opportunities and education's better there, jobs are better, pays better, but now I'm just like, is that the goal? (laughs) Is that, like, what I really just want? Is that just good marketing or is that, you know, the truth? (laughs) Capitalism's kind of out of the question. Like, you know, we have such a diverse background where, like, we grew up in Asia, but and then we moved to the States. But, like, you know, if we mm. someday decide to have children... If. <laughs> Big if. if. You know, we don't know yet. I don't know yet. Um, but if, if I have kids, they will probably be born in North America. And, you know, the question is just on the surface. Like, what if my kids don't speak Mandarin? Which is the language, like, I grew up speaking. And I'm sure it resonated with Feli as well yeah. because we were like, yeah, you know, like we think, I think about that all the time. I feel like sometimes there are so many like holidays in China, like those like traditional like dates and like the lunar calendar. And I don't even know what's happening half the time. And I, I think that's, that's a little bit of a, like it's a scary kind of thought. No, I think first of all, like we, I was born in the U.S., because partly, like, yeah, my parents were there, but I think there's this, like, understanding that, like, a lot of my, I went to an international school for high school and middle school onwards, um, and a lot of people I know, their their parents intentionally flew out to the U.S. so that their kids can get U.S. citizenship. Like, did I tell you that? Like, I know so many oh, people yeah. who, like, parents, like, did that. Like, flew there for a few days and then flew back just to get citizenship. No. and. Yeah, I do too. Even the past year, like, we've seen so many, like, changes in immigration, like, policies and how, like, international kids, like, get jobs in the U.S. And so many friends are in a different boat than me. And partly I'm like, yeah, like, I'm so grateful that, like, my parents thought that far. And, like, I do have 
like U.S. citizenship to get a job like easier and all these things. But partly I'm like, that's so fucked up that I need this passport to be successful. But there is like a very high kind of barrier for people who may have the same abilities, but just because a company refused like sponsor them, um, they can't stay. And it's like you're in a whole separate lane. Like I feel like. A lot of white Americans like don't understand how hard it is to like figure out a visa like, visa situation. I don't even know, but Asian Americans and others in general in such a like lower, not lower, but less powerful space. No one really teaches us. No, this no one do school. Like, I would say like there are resources, and you know I'm sure it's better than what it has been in the past few years, but. That, that that's you know I'm an international student in America even though I'm I'm Canadian, I hold a Canadian citizenship but I you know like for my white peers or American peers, you know for them finding a job is just practice the interview questions like make sure your resume looks good, but like for me and you know everybody else who are international like a lot of what we have to consider is like what companies sponsor. And, you know, if they do, how do I, like, secure that visa? And if I can't secure that visa or if I can't find a job after graduating, like, for a certain period of time, like, I I have to, like, have a plan B, maybe in Canada, maybe, like, somewhere else. So for, I don't know, for me, I guess, like, as I'm entering recruiting, I'm realizing that it's, like, not as one-dimensional as I imagined. And there's, like, a lot... Of different factors I like didn't even think I needed to consider before and now I'm like ooh like you know maybe I need to find a big company who's like who has the resources to sponsor me and make sure like I can actually stay because you know it's an expensive degree like I want to make sure that it's like put towards good use. We have to like compromise so many things like yeah you have this like idea of a dream job and yeah, whoops, like, they don't sponsor. There goes, like, other things that you work for the past few years, and you're like, oh, I can't even apply because I don't have a passport. It's just, like, a compromise between your passion, you know, being what it means to be a citizen. Well, this is, like, kind of off course of what we're talking about, but I think it's important. But, like, a lot of companies don't even kind of consider international students and, like, the different shoes there. And I was chatting with um, one of our friends, like, O.C., the other day and he was talking about how one of his friends was interviewing at this like very big firm and you know like did a bunch of research did all the networking necessary and he like went through a bunch of rounds and at the end they were like we can't offer you the job because you are international and we cannot sponsor you and it it's just kind of like oh but like couldn't you have told me earlier like what's the policy with that like there is no clear guideline sort of to go through things like this and i, I want to kind of touch on the point of like this american dream from your perspective like when you were little what did the u.s kind of like mean to you and your family and why did your parents like decide like oh you should go to like college in the states i feel like the u.s is a very very glamorized place in china and i would i have to i, I want to say like i'm very privileged and fortunate to have parents who you know have the resources is, and have considered to send me to the U.S. Because that and, was, like, like what they grew up with. That was a standard that they yeah. understood. Yeah. Like, everybody kind of sees the U.S. as, like, the ultimate goal. And I cannot tell you how many businesses there are in China, like, solely to get children into U.S. universities. And 
that's like and that's seriously like that, that that's an industry i'm sure if you're asian american or like asian canadian oh you that know is so true like you know about the sat prep camps like you know about oh my god yeah like it's a whole industry like college consulting and for a lot of like chinese kids i think we grew up with the ideal that education is the best there um and you know because china has the rigorous college entrance exam that's incredibly difficult and more and more parents are kind of like oh like I I don't want my kids to go through that kind of process so you know they send their kids overseas and for us that was like the ultimate goal it's like if you can go to the U.S. for college like you've made it like you're doing great and if you go to a top 10 college like even better like um that that was like it was almost like a status thing like where do your kids go to school in the U.S. which is really like fucked up if you think about it like it's like like I feel like once we kind of get there we realize that it's it's not like the rosy picture they painted it as but it's it's what they grew up with so it's what we grew up with and it's weird it's like a weird mindset that that we I feel like we'll carry for a while like I don't think that's something you can unlearn and like dismiss immediately it's it's a process there will be a lot of work that goes into this and when we were talking about this like yesterday you mentioned like everyone like Asian kids growing up always have this idea of like being white and like how that's like the goal and how that's like what we all want to be and I was thinking about this like I feel like it is so true that the status quo of everything is like being white Americans and like Asian kids definitely go through the phase where like they want everything that like America has I remember in middle school, we idealized like, Target because it was like, it's so funny, but like, it's just like, oh, America has all these like shopping malls and all these things that I want to buy, but like, I need to ask my friend who's visiting there like over summer to like bring me back. Dude, things. oh my God. That's like <laughs> such a thing too. Whenever someone goes to the States or North America, you're always like, oh my God, can you bring this back for me? Because you're like, holy shit, like, everything is better there, but I feel like when we immigrate here, I understand why we assimilate, and I understand why, like, they're the status quo, because, like, technically, like, we're kind of in their country in a way, but it's, it's scarier when you think about its perspective in China, where you're not, like, in a foreign land, like, you're in your own land, but you idealized the concept of, like, North America so much that, you know, like, Target is a crazy thing, Mm -hmm. or, like, when you go to the States, it's like, holy shit, I'm going to, like, Wonderland or something oh like that. Oh, my God. But, which is, it's, it's so like, true. when you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, we did that it's so It's so, much. like, funny to look back on, but I'm just like, even now, like, it's, like, a different thing, right? Like, we idealize on Instagram or social media, like, oh, the things in the U.S. are idealized, and it's, like, what we thrive for, I guess, for, like, things in Asia is kind of like oh like, they're just constantly working to this to be this better version of themselves but often influenced by western yeah ideal. I feel like we kind of like the cultural thing we were talking about earlier like we lose a little bit like a little bit of ourselves when we come here like it's almost like the it's like the sacrifice almost like oh like you want the U.S. life you want the North American way of living then you have to give up a little bit of your cultural identity which is a little I don't know it's just it's a little fucked up but you know when I first came here 
I remember like going to Walmart and I was like, holy, like, oh my gosh. Like it was on a tiny little island and I was still so impressed. Like, I, it, which is really weird because I came from Shanghai. Like that's a big city. That's like one of the cities in like China. So I, I, I shouldn't have been so like, oh my God, like it's so crazy. Why is everything so nice here? But I remember like being 10, walking into Walmart and being like, oh my God, grocery stores are that big. And you know, and like wanting oh lunchables. Yeah, they're so gross. <laughs> they're so gross if you think about it. But yeah, but like I feel like I had like the I want to be white mentality until I was maybe in like the eighth grade. And then I was like, oh, like I'm Chinese. Like that's not something that I would want to hide. But when I was growing up, like I was like, yeah, I don't want to be Chinese. Like, I want to be white. I remember distinctively, like, telling my parents, I'm going to marry a white guy. And, like, to be fair, I was a child. I didn't know shit. Like, I, I didn't know jack shit. Oh, the media you were consuming. It's a little consuming. crazy that, like, like, even that's when I was better. that young. Like, that is exactly. how you, you know, get to that higher I was, place it was, <laughs> I was, like, 12, and I was like, I want to marry a white guy. My parents were like, what the fuck, Annabelle? <laughs> my parents were like, what? I don't know. I, I just think it's so crazy that, like, even when I was 12, I had, like, the subconscious of, like, oh, like, you know, that's better. And I, I, I would reject, like, a part of myself, which sounds very weird. But I'm sure, like, all immigrant, like, kids know, like, what that feels like. Um, and then we try so hard to, like, reclaim our culture. Oh, for sure. Like, I feel like I only started realizing how valuable, like, Taiwanese culture and other traditions and, like, grew up with was until like senior year of high school when I was literally leaving Taiwan I was like oh shit like I'm not gonna remember anything my grandparents gave me once I moved to the U.S. and I don't have that community there and no one understands like what that means and that's really sad looking back now that now that it's been four years since I was here like living here that like I missed out on four years of Chinese New Year's you know playing mahjong with my family and eating all these meals together, it just really sucks because I don't know if I can yeah. bring that to the U.S., like, to my life there, you know? Yeah, or, like, to your future family. Like, I don't know. I, I think about this all the time, like, how, like, the Chinese New Year celebrations, like, if my mom did not remind me, I genuinely would not have known what date it was. I, I just would not have known because I, you kind of forget, and they're, they're genuinely, there's so many. I'm sure, like, for every culture out there like there are so many like of our own little holidays and festivals and I I forgot about them and they were always such a big deal to me when I was living at home and like you know with my family my mom's like okay today is this holiday like we eat this because it's traditional like you eat fish during the new years and like there's specific things you eat and I I always think that you know when I'm on my own who's gonna tell me because I would know like do I have to call my mom like every week like is there anything coming up like do I need to grocery shop for anything like like how are we supposed to pass these things on when we don't even know them it's such a generational thing in the U.S. too like more and more people are not first gen immigrants they're second third they've been there for years like three generations like their grandparents grew up in the U.S. like just imagine that, like, how are, you, how are we ever, at least we still kind of have this idea that, like, we need to celebrate these holidays and kind of choosing what kind of traditions we want to bring to our kids in the future, family. But think about it in, like, 30, 40 years. Like, where is that going to be? Are we going to be kind of just, like, Americans at that point? 
Well, that's like another topic. Like, yeah. what does citizenship mean I for mean, Asian Americans? Uh, it's so it's so complicated, and like, I mean, I think it starts with like losing your language. Um, like, it's so difficult to kind of be born into a different culture and be able to speak your like own culture's language because no one around you, except for your maybe family and like you know your family's friends who have the same culture, will speak it. Like, I don't even speak Chinese with my friends, and they they are all Chinese. They are all fluent. I I do not speak Chinese to them, and it it kind of scares me that you know if I do one day like have a child like how do I teach them that I don't even know how I learn Chinese I know I'm like I'm speaking like broken Chinglish right now how am I gonna teach my kids anything what do I tell them like I I don't even know how I like got all of that knowledge like I I did five years of like public school in China so I didn't come until I was in grade five. So, and I think my mom told me that was intentional. So she wanted to make sure I wasn't gonna like be apart from the language for like, like you know, she didn't want there to be too much of a gap to the point where like I I wouldn't be able to speak it. But like, am I gonna ship my kids back to China for five years? Just I can't so do can it myself. Language? So, <laughs> like, is that what we need to yeah. do? Because <laughs> I don't know. That's just it's so confusing. Like we, I think we struggle so much internally between like you know, the things we want to do and, like, the things we want to preserve and where we want to be. And I think these kinds of, like, identity questions haven't really been popularized until there's been so much of, like, immigration happening. And I don't know. It, it I think I think it's worth talking about because, like, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not thinking about it. I only kind of still be able to communicate in Mandarin because I went to public schools till like fifth grade and that was kind of intentional on my parents part but like my brother came to my international school since he was like first grade and he like barely speaks Chinese like and as you can like see it in him like yeah he grew up with this culture but I had like additional years where I was like really ingrained in like Taiwan and the U.S. was like not in my mind like I think the concept of like having an Asian face and like, you know, Asian blood, but you have like an American heart and an American mind. Because to be honest, like the mindset and the way we think about things is so different. But um, like, like you said, your brother, like if once you get immersed. <gasps> so have you heard of the analogy? What analogy? It's like a banana, like Asian Americans. <gasps> yeah, bananas. Because we're <laughs> like yellow on the outside, outside and we're white, white on, on the, the inside. inside. <laughs> No, literally, and, like, you know, we say it as a joke, but if you, like, really sit down and, like, let it run through your head, and, you know, if, if you no. don't, if you decide not to carry on your, like, culture, like, that's that's up to you. That's totally fine. I mean, I don't think we need to force anyone to kind of, like, oh, like, you have to teach your kids that, but just for me personally, like, when I think about that, I'm like, I, I wish my kids can experience what New Year's is like in China, like, all the fireworks and, like, all everybody wearing red, um like these are kinds of things you it's really it's difficult to replicate when when you don't have that kind of environment no for sure i value so much of my experience like growing up here and going to u.s like i feel like we all have like different perspectives and like what it actually means to be like a people of color um in the u.s which i don't know if like my kids will have because why like my parents work their asses off to send me to a school in the U.S. to, like, get education, get a job, whatever. 
and then what am I gonna drop my life in the U.S. to come back to Taiwan like I think that whole idea is also just so like complex like we leave our lives and family across the world to build our own life in the U.S. I have friends who like who literally dropped their lives during COVID because they didn't get their visa moved back home like do you understand like how bad like how hard that is for someone's mental health to just like bye to your friends first of all during a pandemic too yeah (laughs) i think it's disorienting for for like i don't think you can truly understand this kind of experience unless you've gone through it and like it's it's really hard like i moved here with my parents like my extended family is back in china and like i barely see them because like it's expensive to go back it's hard it like i now that i'm a citizen of like canada i need like an extensive visa progress like process to to go back and i don't know it it, it's it's really it's just so weird to think about like like these are things like when you're living your life you don't think about like stuff like this but then like you know which is i guess the point of like why we have these conversations is because when you're so busy and like living your life these are things you don't even consider because you're too busy living your life to consider like things like your cultural like legacy and i think over the past year when like black lives matter was happening as well like so many people were like yeah like the u.s wasn't like what we thought it's gonna be like i'm just gonna leave which i also like was thinking about like is this like racial injustice that's happening in the country that's like so much history behind it so many things that need to be worked on do i just want to leave this country because i'm i don't want to be part of that what are your thoughts on like that like do you want to stay in the u.s because of these things that are happening in the past few years i don't know that's so hard to answer because like selfishly i still have the idea that u.s is better and i'll be able to get a better like job um but like at the same time i'm like do i really kind of want to but the thing is, like, every kind of place has its flaws. Like, Canada has its own problems with, like, the disrespect to the indigenous people. China has its problems with, like, the Muslim population. And I just, I don't know. It's, like, but the U.S., the U.S., like, sees themselves as, like, a very, very great place, though. And I feel like the past year was, like, the very beginning where, like you know, it's kind of privileged individuals like of the states, like the white people have had to kind of take a long, hard look at their country, which they like labeled as number one. And I'm glad that there's at least like discourse, but it just seems like too little and a little too late. So I guess the answer is I don't know because I, I, I really don't know. Um, there's like still two more years before I graduate, so I guess I can have like time to contemplate. But I don't know, like the world just really yeah, sucks sometimes. I like go through like existential crisis, like you know, every few months. I would say <laughs> because I am going to New York and like working for a huge corporation, right? And I'm part of me. It's like oh, like yeah. I am the problem. <laughs> like I'm feeding into this like capitalistic system that obviously doesn't even treat me as like a real person at this point i still like have to validate myself like throughout college or i'm sure like when i start working about like my place in the city and like the company i don't have that kind of safety bubble of like being a college student anymore 
so yeah, I I would say I also don't know. Like I think part of it is to solve this institutionalized problem, you have to be the change that you see in the world. Like so cheesy. <laughs> it's like cliche, but it's true. I think it's like little steps that we everyone can take. has a role to play in like changing the small things. Yeah, exactly. Like the small steps. I think it's possible, but in the end, like it's a patriarchal society where like wealthy white men are making decisions for people like us and i don't know when that's gonna the stop we can be in the room where decisions are made which also kind of like you know there's that duality of do i want to be a part of the society that feeds into this kind of capitalism and like be in a work machine but like at the same time my parents put so much time and energy and like you know quite frankly money into me so i could go to the u.s like do i want to waste that like i feel guilty if I like waste that so there's like it's just a duality like of you know it seems like a lose-lose situation but like we're so privileged to have that kind of lose-lose situation in the first place. Through our college have you felt like you're having to assimilate into like a college campus or like what has your experience been like for the first two years? That's an interesting question. Um, Vancouver is a very Asian-centric place. I don't I don't think you've ever been, but if you if you have ever been to Vancouver, you know it's a very, very Chinese place. Um, like, my elementary school, my elementary school class in Vancouver had, like, three white people in it. The rest were Asians. Like, that's how crazy it is. So, and people, white people here, I wouldn't say they're, like, the best in the whole wide world, but they usually are fairly accepting of, like, our culture because... We've been here for so many years. Vancouver, I believe, was one of the first places like Hong Kong immigrants like landed in North America. So there, it's been a long, long history for them there. So I've never really felt any sort of... And I'm, I'm very lucky because I have had peers who, you know, have faced some kind of like racist, <laughs> terrible racist people here. But I've been very lucky. Um, I haven't really faced any of that here. But when I went to Atlanta, I would definitely say... Um, it was a bit of a shock. I never felt like I didn't belong because I think I've been in like North America's sphere for so long. But um, remember, I told you about that like incident. Um, I think that was the first time I've I wouldn't I wasn't there, but like I'll tell this like it's a little bit of a story time. But um, I remember like this was freshman year. I would say we are maybe two months into the semester, and I was having dinner or like lunch with one of my, one of my friends at like our dining hall and you know she was like the craziest thing happened today Annabelle like you wouldn't believe what it was and I was like oh like <laughs> like what's up I was I was thinking it's like gossip and I was like oh my god like what happened like on the party over the weekend yeah you know, I was like what's the D <laughs> but she started telling me about how um so she they have a chemistry class and you know I'm not a science student so if I get the term wrong I apologize <laughs> but I don't know shit about like science but she was telling me about how like in one of their chemistry study sessions it was like a table full of Asian kids and this one white girl um I'm not gonna say who she is I'm sure she she I hope she's worked on herself since then but I do know her and you know she was talking they had like all these experiments to memorize and one of them happens to be the double slit experiment by something Carl Jung well like, the, the point is his last name is Jung and, you know, the white girl said to a table full of Asian students, she was like, you know how I remember it? She was like, yeah, I remember it because Young is an Asian last name and Asians have slits for eyes. <laughs> oh, God. I and choked. <laughs> when I heard that, when I heard that, 
that was genuinely the first time I've kind of ever heard like such like it's it's mm-hmm. racism essentially like I want to say she's being insensitive but I feel like y- you're you're 18 years old you're going to college like you should know that that's that's wrong um and I, and I you know and she didn't really even think anything of it she said it to a table full of Asian kids and she just haha like it was funny and that was genuinely the first time when I've kind of been like holy shit like people think it's okay to say stuff like that and you know it, it did come out later and she got pointed out by an Instagram page our school made about you know like non-black and indigenous people of color and like they're encounters and you know she got outed and someone added her in the comments and she apologized and you know at least she apologized I I applaud that like thank you for doing that at least but it's really funny because it's like all the white girls like liking her apology and she sent my friend like a personal apology and say like I'm so sorry like if it affected you in a bad way but um I don't know I just I just think if people think that's okay when they're like 18 years old and like at a pretty good college that that was a shock to me to be honest like I don't know what like what had I mean you graduated what has it like been like for you yeah I feel like like definitely would say I'm pretty lucky that like I never expect direct like aggressive comments but there was like this girl who she was like talking to a group of, like, international students, I guess, um, and she was like, what's your, like, ethnic name? (laughs) I was like, what do you Dude, oh my god, like, it's just, (sighs) no, oh my god, speaking of that, you know how I, like, am renting an apartment? Like, my legal name is my legal name, and my English name is my English name, but I actually submitted a doc, like like, a document for the apartment under Annabelle, and my like property management person got a little mad which I understand like I'm I'm, it was my it was my problem anyways but then after that instance she refused to call me Annabelle like she would email me like with my Chinese name which nobody really uses here and I was like why 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 like why would you do that like my name is Annabelle I have I find all my emails (laughs) as Annabelle my school email like Emma like my school (laughs) recognizes me as Annabelle my email address has Annabelle.chen in it and you know all of these indicators and you still cho- chose to open the email with like hi my Chinese name and I think I, I that's just it's just weird that people sometimes I don't know I just feel like everybody needs to be a little more empathetic or like needs to think before they open their mouth sometimes um or like the assumption that international students like, can't speak English, or, like, the stereotype that they're all, like, super rich. It, like, it's not true. <laughs> it's such a bad stereotype. Like, I feel like it's, like, we were talking about this, like, Crazy Rich Asians, for example. Yes. Yeah, it was a great movie. Like, one of my favorites, but also it, like, just shows, like, a media portrayal of, like, Asians yeah. being just, like, rich and swanty, and that's, Which like, is, old materialistic I things know. I care about. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, there's so many like, layers of I'm sure there are people who do care about that. And it just kind of shows that we are so starved for representation that we will take anything. And it's a, I think for it's, sure. That's like it's a fun one movie. of the only big Asian films. Yeah, like, it's fun. It, you know, it's extravagant. It's, it's really great to look at. But 
but like you're kind of imprinting the idea that all Asians are crazy rich into like a Western mind that hasn't even really recognized that there are like different parts to, to an identity. And some people are crazy rich and you know, that's, that's how they live their life and that's great. But you cannot, like, I feel like when that's so like widespread, they begin to like assume that all of us, we are like crazy rich. One of the only reasons like the movie even got so big was because of how like glamorized and luxurious it was like the setting and the characters and all these things which is great like I love like all the things that they did include in the film but I think there needs to be more even more representation in terms of like no one no one likes to have uncomfortable conversations so I totally understand that's how they chose to like penetrate the market exactly but yeah what we're saying like we totally understand like we don't know everything about like you know anything <laughs> like there is yeah like we gonna we're we gonna make mistakes when we talk about different racial groups or histories and all these things but i think it's important to like recognize that at least yeah at least like make an effort you know i don't, I don't think any of us want westerners or like north americans to understand everything about our culture because that's impossible just like how we don't understand everything about them but i think there is a pretty clear, like, lack of effort. I was going to bring it back to just, like, college in general. Like, graduated for, what, like, almost a month now, which is crazy, too. Um, But I've been thinking about my kind of experience, and I feel like I went into college not wanting to have these, like, things in my mind that I'm, like, I'm Asian-American, like, I may be, like, people might look down upon on me or whatever, um, but now thinking back, I feel like I always had to validate kind of my place in the school or in like club organizations or like frats, um, all these things. I feel like I had to validate my place because I like am from Taiwan, but I have to be like, oh wait, but like I also went to American school, I, like speak English. Um, I am a citizen. Like I hate that I have to like validate myself by saying I'm a citizen. And people are like, oh, wait, you're a citizen. Oh, so you can, like, get these jobs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't make a difference to my abilities to do things. I think I subconsciously do it. Like, I tell people I'm Canadian. I tell people I'm from Vancouver and not Shanghai. And I do it subconsciously, but I I do think it came from somewhere, you know? Like, I, I, I don't think I would have just started doing it out of the blue. Um, but it's it's crazy kind of how it shifts our identities like immediately how we kind of like watch what we say and how we say things because of like how like we're scared of how we might be perceived like I don't know I think we are struggling like like internally during this entire time as well like we don't even know what's happening but at the same time we're like you know we gotta we gotta make sure people understand that we can do things we gotta make sure people understand we have abilities and we got to make sure that, you know, they don't think we have, like, difficulties assimilating because we're, like, you know, Asian. And that's crazy. Even um, with COVID, there's just been so many, like, anti-Asian hate as well. And I personally, I was in New York for a little bit, in Atlanta for majority of the time. I never was, like so aware of my like physical presence until COVID like oh shit like maybe some like people could just do anything when they see people like us and 
I remember getting my vaccine at Walgreens. You told and me about this. We were this. speaking like yeah. Mandarin to my friend, and then like these two like old white couple was literally just like looking down on like up and down on us and was like why are they getting a vaccine and then i was like hey let's like speak english because this was also like a week after um the the asian american shooting in atlanta i was genuinely scared I was yeah like, what if Wait, like i like i i i don't think we do so many things subconsciously to make sure that people understand that we we deserve to be there like I never speak Mandarin in public. And also, like, I, I, I do look a little, like, ethnically ambiguous. So, people don't, people don't really, I don't think people really think I'm, 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 like, completely Asian when they first see me. And, you know, the fact that I, I thought of that as, like, you know, a safety net is, is, is crazy. I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe they, they don't know. So they won't, maybe they won't hate crime me because they don't know. I, I don't think, I realized how many subconscious things we shifted in our daily lives to make sure that we are like kind of recognized. Like this is why I think, you know, we kind of wanted to talk in the first place because I didn't even realize that's these like things I do are like, it's because I, I want to make sure that I have like a footing in the society, you know, like I didn't even realize that that was why I was just like, I uh, just don't do it. Like, but that like you know when once you kind of dig a little deeper like there is a reason and <laughs> the reason's not nice these are also things that like we potentially pass on to our kids like these ideas and beliefs and part of me really appreciated the like values that my parents like taught me and um the discipline and um like working hard for family and like family value definitely like love that about how i grew up but I was wondering, what are some, like, values that you want to pass on to your kids, potentially, like, generationally, and what are, like, some are not? I just want to make sure they understand where they come from. Not where they're born, but what their roots are. You know, China has, like, 5,000 years of history that I, you know, I, I've tried to kind of understand, but I, I've barely scratched the surface. No, for sure. I definitely want to re think about like what kind of traditions I lived with and in my childhood and I miss that so much when I was in college did like a dumpling night for Chinese year and I was like oh why didn't I think of doing this before I think I was scared of not authentically bringing that culture back to the U.S. and showing my friends that like but I love just like showing people who like didn't grow up with Chinese New Year like what it was like to like spend time with family and just like make food and have fun yeah i definitely want to it's bring like the that. event of mm-hmm. the year it's the event of the year it's like a new beginning and it's i remember when i was younger i was always so excited because you, you got to go to your grandparents house you got money miss literally <laughs> you got money four years ahead of that, which i'm sad about uh, like yeah i tell my mom like you where get... where did i go <laughs> where's She's my like, money <laughs> like where did it go yeah, and I, I think, you know, with each passing year that we, we don't do it at home and home home being like home home, <laughs> I guess, it, it fades a little bit. And I, you know, before we started talking about it, I was like, like, shit, I don't remember. Like, what did happen? And, you know, once you talk about it, you start to remember like all the amazing times we had. And I think everybody's like at a different level of like how much they've like given their culture up. Um, I don't know. I just think sometimes, like, all you need is to just have, like, 
a conversation like about it like doesn't matter who it's with like once you start talking like it will come back to you and it's like a comforting feeling to know that like it's not gone like you did live through it you know it's like it, it cannot be taken away for sure and like to touch on like the idea of like children even though like no what's gonna happen there but I do want to I'm curious about your thoughts on like what a traditional family look like what that intergenerational relationship look like and obviously as immigrants and me probably staying in the U.S. for however long I would say I don't know how much I would have connections with like my extended family because that was so big of my childhood like I lived with my extended since I was like little and we still kind of live together like there's oh, my uncle crazy. and my aunt and my cousin is literally downstairs like we like dinners together still when I'm back so I'm curious like how that would look so cute I I don't have a very big extended family my parents each have one younger brother and I only have one cousin (gasps) so I only have one I know it's very not typical for like Chinese families Mm -hmm. to like not have such a big family but I don't so and I I left them like I would say fairly early so I don't know I, I think I wonder a lot like about where I will be and like you know I think the fact that I'm even considering like not having children is like a crazy concept for like Chinese parents. And I do want to bring them into this kind of fucked I up know. world. I know. I'm like, do I have the energy to make sure they grow up to be like a good person? Um, so I think the fact that we, we can even consider that as an option is, you know, like that's different. Um, like our parents' generation definitely only consider having kids. Like I'm pretty sure, ha- like not having children is not that big of an option. It's, and it's not to say that like they they could like they had to have kids, but it was like the expectation. So like as we moved here, we kind of moved away from that. Like there's and, so much emphasis on like biological child and like the concept of bloodline is so like so big in China, which is why I don't I don't think we see a lot of adoptions. Oh my god, they just. And then they just open like two, three child, my generation of Chinese kids, like our kids won't have aunts and uncles. Wait, I never thought about like, it that they way. They will not That's have insane. biological aunts and uncles because we don't have siblings. I feel like trying, like Asian f- family structures, like, like I'm sure in Taiwan too, it's like a very structured sort of thing. You get married, you have biological kids, you make sure they have biological kids, you make sure your last name and your bloodline's passed on, like adoption's not on the table, like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that you cannot have on the table, like has to be like good old-fashioned children you have, like who can carry on your family. So I think the fact that we can even consider like you know not having children like that's that's a step away like that's crazy but there's so much stigma around like family names and you know all these things that we talked about and also i guess it's just like having a male like a wait a, a male, male heir yeah to pass I, on your name he, i was i'm the oldest kid in my whole extended family basically so i was obviously like the only girl for a while and my grandma like didn't so take it many differently. Families. Like it's so it, it's it's honestly really sad. And I'm I'm pretty lucky too. But also like it's not like they had much of a choice. You know, like it was me or nothing. So <laughs> there really wasn't an, an option for like <laughs> like another try. Like it was me. That that was it. And I think my grandpa does carry some traditional values. But 
I'm glad he didn't, like, try to be like, oh, like, why are you not a boy? Like, I wouldn't know how I would have responded to that, but, like, I, I think I've been really lucky where that kind of stuff hasn't been, like, imposed onto me, and I haven't been, like, made to feel less just because, like, I'm a girl. And, like, China does value, like, Asian culture in general, I think, values boys, which, like, ties back again to, like, the whole idea of, like, family and, like, bloodline. But, I don't know, it's, I feel like the fact that they, they, they finally opened it to, like, three kids, maybe we're moving a little forward into, like, embracing not-so-traditional families, which, which I think they need. Like, I would say socially, Taiwan's, like, so ahead of China. Like, social ideals and, like, acceptance of different kind of identities. China is still a little backwards in terms, like, just, like, we're growing so fast economically, but we still have some stuff to catch up socially. And, you know, it's not their fault that there are kind of closed-minded ideals because that's what they needed to survive. You couldn't have been so weak to survive. And, you know, I feel like as we're growing up, we are kind of moving forward and, like, unlearning some of the harmful stuff that, like, which we're going to talk about. I feel like this is something we, we both have a lot to say. And, like, we are unlearning harmful ideals, like, ourselves. So, you know, I, I don't expect... China to like be better socially overnight it's it's a process and I I don't think it's up to kind of North Americans to judge how backwards they think we are because at a certain point they were like us too it takes it takes time and it takes patience and as long as there is change happening I think that's like it's like a good direction you know I I do think like I think North Americans judge a lot on like how backwards kind of they perceive China to be socially and I can criticize it because I understand where that's coming from. But, like, the way they do it is a little, like, iffy, you know? They're like, why do they do that? And it's, like, because they needed to survive. And you kind of had to, like, get to a point. Why, like, white people have the privilege? Like, if you're a liar skin, you have privilege to do these things that, like, others don't. So Yeah, that most people didn't have. And, like... China's already a pretty privileged place in East Asia. Um, but still, like, I feel like there's a lot of... It's no, not binary. No, equation. like, there's so many layers. Like, there's so many layers. And, like, I'm excited to get into more because I feel like we don't we don't have conversations like this anymore. Like, I feel like we, we avoid it because it's uncomfortable. And we avoid it because we want to be politically correct. But, like, we cannot move forward and, you know, unless we talk about these things and... It's gonna be uncomfortable. Like nothing. Like I feel like change is never comfortable. If if you're uncomfortable, then you're doing something that's you know outside of you, and that's that's good. Exactly. And kind of to end off the episode, it's been like already an hour. But um, one of my favorite favorite books is uh, Minor Feelings by Kathy Parkhan. Um, but she yes. there's a there was I've a quote that she talks. That. Yeah, you should definitely do. There's a quote that she says, um, Asians are next in line to be white. I replace the word white with disappear. Asians are next in line to disappear. We are reputed to be so accomplished and so law-abiding. We will disappear into this country's amnesiac fog. Basically, she's just saying, like, Asians are constantly being ghosted and completely dismissed of our history because we are that, like, minority 
like model minority that whole myth around like yeah. how Asians are so law abiding um and I think that's just like how we also grew up like that is the values that we were taught like discipline and respect are largest values and like I feel like a lot of East Asian countries um so I think that that's just also why we like comply to these like such fucked up things that like we face in the states but yeah like I definitely think Asians have a privileged position in western society because they kind of weaponized how like how meek I hate to like use the stereotypical word but it kind of is like what it is you know they they weaponized how quiet we are but you know like there was that like thing where the like some school district counted Asians as white people I don't know if you remember that headline but a, a school district when they were releasing stats they put Asian children in like the same bracket as white kids which is like that's so weird um but like we we are incredibly privileged to like in terms of being in the western world but I, I still think like it's important to talk about like how it became that way and like why it's like like you said like you know it's it's quite literally because our parents like needed to survive and that's the only thing they knew how to do they knew how to stay silent they knew how to like kind of do the work so you would kind of move up and I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that we are privileged but also acknowledge the fact that like how did it come to be this way like why why have we like gotten like yeah why did we get this reputation like but this is like such a like this is an uncomfortable topic I I, I don't think I, I talk about this but like I don't think I would just bring, bring this up like in the middle of dinner like so like what do you think about the model minority myth but difficult kind of line to walk like I feel like they wouldn't really quite understand because they are not they when they came here they were not in as privileged a position as we were to be so like assimilated they're on survival mode yeah they were like just trying to make it you know so sometimes I don't know like I, I feel like we need to have conversations with our parents about some of the things it's just hard to balance but we'll get there eventually yeah. hopefully we just we would just, yeah, I think just with just a little more understanding, we we can all be in a place that's at least a little better. Like, I feel like that wraps it up. Yeah. We will <laughs> see you next week. Oh my god.